Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. I have two movies to talk about today, gentlemen. Excellent. And they both share a theme in that neither of them were really for me. (laughs) (laughs) First, I'd like to talk about Detective Pokemon or whatever the hell it's called. The Pikachu movie. Hmm. How can I sum up my thoughts on it? Do you guys remember The Dark Knight? That was a good movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You ever go back and watch it again? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You remember that scene? Where Harvey Dent is talking to the police commissioner, and it's all—it could almost be a, like a scene out of Heat or some kind of crime movie. Yeah. And then Batman shows up with his cape and his boots, and it takes you a second to get back into the movie because it throws you out because the acting was pretty good. Yeah. That's how the entire movie feels to me. Every second of it is like human actors doing their best to to do acting, and then there's a goddamn Pokemon or hundreds. Uh, there are often hundreds I, of Pokemon. I don't think that movie's for me. I'm not going to sit here and rail on it. It's, it's there's just nothing about it I liked. Like I just, there were there were no aspects of it you enjoyed. I, I mean, I liked that it ended eventually, but you know, I, <laughs> all right. I disliked it so much that I have to think like I don't actually think it was a terrible movie. I just there's nothing there for me. I like the character design on the Pokemon and Bill Nye's in it. Yeah, but then you got to give Bill Nighy like the obvious villain twist role, like he always plays. Like, I'm glad. Okay, you know what? That is one thing I like that Bill Nighy got work. <laughs> there you go. Now we have to talk about men. We should finally talk about. Uh, so, let's, let's how was that you, third act? <laughs> Did you feel like you accurately predicted where this movie was going to take you? I had the general themes. Yes, uh, the general themes. As far as specifically, I don't think it's as weird as you guys made it out to be. Like, it was weird. Don't get me wrong. The multiple births, like, that was pretty strange. Although, I will say this. As soon as the first birth happened and I saw the stomach get bigger on the baby that came out, I was like, oh, I wonder when her husband's coming out. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, dis- I didn't, I wouldn't say I disliked men, but who's it for? It's a movie about, oh, women sure have it tough, don't they, fellas? A twenty four completists. What's that? A twenty four completists. Yeah, those the, the, I, those guys that collect everyone have 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 number one through a thousand on the Criterion Collection. Right, it, it's for them. It's not the best A twenty four movie I've ever seen. That's no. for sure. No, it's not even the best A twenty four movie about how men suck that I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I would say about it is I would one I would like to get a, a genuine ladies' opinion. Actually, multiple to get sort of a, a, a you know good sampling to see if they thought that it was good as like a boy gals you sure got it tough don't you and I'm not p- making light of that point but the movie kind of did I don't think horror movie screams belong in this movie and they had a couple <laughs> like and, and I mean screams of terror not screams of frustration that, that they're different and the acting was really good so you could tell right. Here's what I would say. You want to make a film property for women. We should probably try and get a woman to at least help write it and direct it and all that kind of stuff. And the second thing that I would recommend is 
they're already making a Wednesday Addams series, and I feel like that will do more for women than every anything in this movie. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I it what was who was it for? Well, it's a movie made by a great number of men about how <laughs> bad men are. Yeah. I, arguably, there might be another type of creator out there who could tell that story better. I don't. Yeah, a woman I don't, could probably, a woman. for example. That's, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they were trying to attract A24 fans, women, and Jordan Peterson fans. <laughs> Why would you want Jordan? Now here's why women are terrible. Cancel <laughs> me. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate the movie, but I mean, I won't even talk about how. Well, if you can hear that, my neighbor just started his Corvette that he has taken the bypass pipes off of. Um, <laughs> you don't need those. Throw them right out. I'm not saying I'm an expert on, on cars, so Russ, you can cut this out. Thank you, Fry, for your car expertise. I'll probably leave should, all that in. We should do a car segment on the show. We don't know anything about cars. I know everything, and we'll be happy to tell you all about cars. Wouldn't that be a great bit for a podcast where it's like it's us looking at pictures of cars and going, yep, that's a car. (laughs) Yeah, like trying to, like, what kind is it? Oh, I can't see the brand tag. Uh... That would translate amazingly well. Looks like that one's got four wheels, too. Interesting. I think it would devolve into us going, is that one expensive, do you think? Oh, red. <laughs> red okay. cars go faster. All right, he's driven away. Enough of that. It, wait, is is his car red? I No, I don't know. I, I've seen it like once. I hear it all the time. I rarely see it because, you know. I think Corvettes have to be red. Isn't that a law? No, I think his is silver or something. I don't know. We don't, we don't make laws covering what you do with your own car in this state. Just your body. That's, that's not true. Okay. Yeah, Fuck I don't know. Men, I, I, I got I to give it a thumbs down, but not because it's a bad movie. I just feel like if they had set out to make like a decent, like psychedelic horror experience, because it's not really a horror movie in the classical sense, although it certainly is horrifying at parts. I just feel like maybe it would have been better without the message, either that or change the writer slash director. The acting was good and the special effects with the except, exception of the man's face on the child were pretty good that was that was super yeah. uncanny valley yeah but yeah it's not the worst thing i've ever seen but i'm not going to watch it again it doesn't have anything for me well i am excited today yes what do we have today gentlemen because we didn't spin the wheel last week and so i hijacked the podcast and Excellent. i i don't know fry and i didn't text while we were watching this one and no. so I don't know what his feelings are, but I hope they're similar oh. to mine. Okay. <laughs> Be- because I feel like we've found a jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like we have found another perfect movie for this podcast, and it is an well, action movie. have been on movie. a bit of a roll lately. I, we have I think we've... I will, I will definitely say I think we've found a movie that James will legitimately enjoy. <laughs> it, it might be. We'll, we'll, we'll see if it I know it's through. hard to trust me after the two movies you saw this week. <laughs> But I, I'm, this isn't some, you know, when someone gives birth to someone else in the third act scene or third act of the movie. Well, uh, well, very Fry, straightforward you, here. Fry, you were very honest about Detective Pikachu. I just never, I just knew I didn't want to watch it from the moment I heard that it existed. Like that's not on yeah. you. <laughs> well, we have an action movie this week, and it is from oh cool, very new. It is from 2022. And I thought, this isn't something I've done in a minute, so this week's untitled.txt is Influential Action Movies. Awesome. 
And so all, right. all of these movies are very, very famous, and you've likely seen all of them. However, none of them are later than 2000. Perfect. Because okay. I wanted them to influence the current generation of filmmakers. So Much as this movie will influence the next generation of filmmakers. I fucking hope it will. <laughs> From this 1980... Oh, I should give the standing, shouldn't I? That is Fry 10 James 6. So on we ah, go. Yes. So from this 1981 classic, most of the very distinctive punching sounds were created by hitting a pile of leather jackets with a baseball bat. What was the year? 1981? 81. 81. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that's uh, the... Um... It's a Bruce Lee movie, the the Dragon Story. Oh no. no, it is not. Oh, it's not. Okay. Hmm. Was that dubbed? I wonder. I bet it was. This is an American action movie. For Distinct. some reason, I want to say they live. Oh, a good guess. No, the correct answer. No, that was earlier. I was going to say that too. Well, the correct answer was for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh. Oh. Okay. I don't remember. Yeah, I guess there were a few scenes where there were some very strange watch Indi- all of Indiana Jones's punches. Go back and watch yeah. any sequence and listen to them. They all sound very distinctive. Gotcha. It, it was a sound that I really liked as a kid because I never heard it in any, in any other movie. Did that technique take off and get used in other movies? It, it shows up very rarely as an homage, kind of like the Wilhelm scream. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> It's not widely used. Uh, there's another fun fact about Raiders of the Lost Ark. To create the sound of the Ark being opened, uh, legendary sound designer Ben Burt recorded himself moving the lid of his toilet. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so let's see here. I feel like that's vaguely sacrilegious, although I can't really explain how. In 2007, a pseudo-sequel was released in the form of a video game. That video game was called Stranglehold, with Chow Yun Fat and John Woo oh, reprising their roles. Yes, uh, yes. Th- this is—it's either okay. It's either Police Story or it's Hard. Oh, it's Hard Boiled. The correct answer is Hard Boiled. Nicely played done. that game. Loved it. Some of the scenes in this 1988 classic required extra careful editing because Alan Rickman could not fire a gun without flinching. Is this Die Hard? Die Hard is the correct answer. Yes. That's great, by the way. Oh, Alan Rickman. Dearly missed. Yes, none of the titular characters in this 1954 classic are bested in sword fight, archery, or spear fighting for the length of the movie. I feel like I want to say the Three Musketeers. No. Oh. Hmm. 1981? 54. Oh, goodness gracious me, 54. Oh, it's, uh, it's Robin Hood. Nope. Oh, it's not Errol Flynn? Okay. No, that would be Seven Samurai. Oh, of course, right. Of yes. While four of the seven are killed, they are all shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Oh, this is a good one. You probably won't get it, but I had to include it. The original casting for the three leads in this 1999 sci-fi classic was Will Smith, Val Kilmer, Sandra Bullock. It's got to be The Matrix. True it lies. is The Matrix. Are you shitting me? What an amazing version of The Matrix that would be. So much worse than what we got. That's right. The original lineup for Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity was Will Smith, Val Kilmer, and Sandra Bullock. I don't mean this as, as being critical. I'm the last one to criticize anyone's uh, body shape. 
But was Val Kilmer still thin back then? Er. He was thinner. Okay. Bruce Lee accidentally struck Jackie Chan in the face with one of his fighting sticks from this movie. He immediately apologized and insisted that Jackie could work on all his movies after that. He then died. Oh, uh, yeah, that's... um. Why can't I ever remember the exact name of it? God damn it. Way of the Dragon? Oh, very close. Try again. Day oh. of the Dragon. Dawn of the Dragon. <laughs> Night of the Living Dragon. No, no. I, I'll get God there. damn it. Return of the Dragon. Shut <laughs> up, Fry. God damn it. <laughs> Fry's going to be like, it's Dragon Revengeance. No, it's... um Dragon Age Inquisition. <laughs> Shut up. Um... Well, that is not the classic Dragon Heart starring Sean Connery. That is Enter the Dragon. Enter, Enter the Dragon. Of course it is. I always, I, I always forget that the name of that. Let's see here. The sound used for Arnold Schwarzenegger's shotgun in this movie is actually the sound of two cannons firing. Terminator? Oh, Terminator. Judgment Day. It is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It goes to James. Oh, fair enough. The title of this movie is a literal translation of a Chinese idiom that describes a place or situation that is full of unnoticed masters. Is that Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? That's the one. Mm, yeah. That's what I was trying to get to, too. Nice. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes, it is a poem from the ancient Chinese poet Yu Jin that reads, uh, that, and he lived, he was born in 513, so he's uh, very wow. ancient. That reads, behind the rock in the dark probably hides a tiger, and the coiling giant root resembles a crouching dragon. Ah. God, it took him 1,500 years to get his movie made. Man. <laughs> the power of persistence, everybody. Yeah, because keep persistence, trying. Persistence and necromancy. That's right. Shane Black hated the glasses he was given to wear in his role as Hawkins. He wanted to wear authentic military-issue glasses, but director John McTiernan wanted him to look as geeky as possible. Predator. Predator is the correct answer. The original one. I've heard the new Prey movie is really good, but I haven't seen it yet. I have too. And lastly, although appearing as the President of the United States, Donald Pleasance still retains his British accent. Oh, 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 oh. I remember watching this and going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Don't think this is Air Force One. Nope. No. Just trying to think of action movies that heavily feature the president. Remember Harrison Ford. You're thinking Ford of the Get was, Off My Plane movie. From, yeah, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford was the president in Air Force One. Yeah. I thought that was the case. Get off my plane. Harrison Ford, who is not British, but is stoned 100% of the time. <laughs> I don't know that that disqualifies you from being president. No, but there is an issue with uh, being a helicopter pilot. <laughs> Probably an airplane pilot, too. No, hold, hold on one think. sec. Let's, I'm going to try to get this question. Hold on. This is important. I've seen this movie. <laughs> what was the actor's name again, Russ? Donald Pleasance. That's right. It wasn't Deep Impact or something like that. Was 1981 it? is the year on that oh, one. 81. And you've definitely seen it. Probably it's sequel yeah, as well. No, I absolutely know that I've seen it. I just... Oh, gosh. All right. I'm going to kick myself, but I don't have it. Escape from New York. Yes, that, oh, that's of course. Yes. Yeah. 
God, that name sounded so familiar because I remember waiting until the credits, which is not something I always do, going, who the hell was that president and why was he a <laughs> British person? According to director John Carpenter, Pleasance, possibly feeling self-conscious, suggested the script include a backstory to explain this glaring constitutional faux pas. <laughs> Pleasance then came up with the idea of the dystopian United States having rejoined the British Empire, in which case the president would no longer need be a natural-born citizen. Right. Carpenter thought the idea was interesting, but was too much and would probably be distracting and unnecessary, so they just didn't mention anything at all. Massively I mean, unnecessary, could, yeah. Couldn't you explain this without major geopolitical upheaval by having the character just have been born in an embassy in Britain Fry? and yeah. living Fry? there for some time? Fry, when you explain things like that in a movie, you detract from the reason everyone is there to well, make yeah, no, it. Yeah, no one should take any time out of that movie to explain this issue. Then th- then they took the best route by explaining right. nothing. And then but it just seems the like the more convoluted like, approach to solving the problem. No, no, I just, no, I, I, I think explaining nothing is always better than over-explaining and boring the audience. I guess I imagine there is at least one American citizen out there who spent much of his formative years in Britain and picked up the accent. What is it and with Sean? president Con- someday. What is it with Sean Connery and ending up in those roles where, he, <laughs> where like he's something uh, else? Hey guys, hey guys, I'm a Russian sub commander. <laughs> does not, sh- not never mention in Hunt for Red October. But then there's nope. also like he remember he's also a Spaniard in the yeah. Highlander movie. In the he, he's, he's supposed like, to be yeah. a Spaniard in the Highlander. Yes, and he does nothing. He's like about my, his accent. My, my name is Juan Ramirez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from from Glen Coyle, you know, a very normal Spanish. And the, and the best part is, he's the only Scottish person in that movie. A movie yeah, about there's, Scotland. There's no reason he couldn't have been from Scotland. There's just no reason why he had to be. <laughs> did, did they? Did I mean? I guess they say he's from Spain in the Highlander. But it'd be funny if his nickname had nothing to do with that, like. He beat a Spaniard at a poker game so badly he took his name or something like that. <laughs> oh, because, yeah, they just call him the Spaniard, right? Yeah. Well, he has yeah. a name. I no, think. but but they it's, it's do Juan call Ramirez. him the Spaniard. Yeah. All right. The final there was four for James and two for Fry, which brings our standings to Fry 12, James 10. Hooray. Well, here we go, I guess. Uh, this is What do we have today? I have literally have no idea. This is South Korea. This is 2022, and this is your made-for-Netflix movie, <laughs> Carter. Okay. All right. Take it away, Fry. So I, I, I'm going to set up a couple things here at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an action movie, and I don't think we should get bogged down trying to describe the plot. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the rough <laughs> overview. Yes. And I, then I'm just going to tell you about some of the action scenes that happen because that is what you're here in this movie for. You're my favorite person in the world right now. Not, this is exactly what I want. Something like 90% of the movie is action sequences. Oh, so it's an action movie. Excellent. Yes. There's some connective tissue. You could ignore it if you wanted to. I mean, it's it's there if you're just looking for that kind of thing. <laughs> so quick story overview. This is a world in which... A deadly virus has broken out. It originated in the DMZ between North and South Korea, so it's called the DMZ Oh, of course it did. (laughs) It seems to turn people into something akin to tool-wielding zombies. Yeah, okay, that's where I thought we were going. Perfect. They succumb within 24 hours or for the new mutant variant that makes scenes move along faster. Five minutes. (laughs) 
you know, whatever and then we later need. it's instantaneous. Yes. How, how quick? How quick do we need? We, we need zombies. The virus works that fast. Yeah. So the the virus turns people into you know rage filled, animalistic attacking things. But they can yeah, also we know use guns are. and uh, oh yeah. I think at times drive motorcycles like this. They're, they're able to use a lot of tools. They're basically just people who are who are trying to kill you and very angry. Yes, and it does yeah. also Sweet. seem that you eventually die from the infection, regardless. Oh, that's so, even better. You know, a couple of weeks afterwards, you know, it's one of those zombie apocalypses that cleans up after itself, which is nice. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> so we've got this new virus. It has spread all over the world. Terrible, really shitty, really bad in North Korea, where they lack access to many many medical supplies and treatments. And things oh, what like a shocker! Uh, something like eight and a half million infected in North Korea, which. I'm going to take a moment here, just a second. I you want to see what percentage of the population, the population is. of North Korea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The population of North Korea is currently 25 million. So a third of the whole country is now. <laughs> wow. So, you know, if just you, like if COVID, you know, if you know three people, <laughs> odds are they're all zombies. I think yeah. that's how the math works. Yeah, that's definitely what that means. So this is obviously a big humanitarian crisis and zombie crisis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> makes securing the border somewhat harder if there's eight and a half million zombies trying to cross it. I reckon. So the world is banded together and a scientist has found a cure. A South Korean scientist has found a cure. Perfect. Uh, because his daughter got sick and he was like, can't have that. And so he came up with a cure from her antibodies. And he has now cured all of South Korea. No, like nearly no one in South Korea has. The this virus. is at the beginning of the movie. This is the intro to the movie. Oh wow! Yeah, and so now this doctor is trying to get to North Korea, where they have already set up facilities to build the vaccine. All mm. he needs to do is get there and get his daughter there to get the antibodies. Ah, okay. And at the onset of the movie, he has disappeared, presumably been kidnapped. So has his mm-hmm. daughter, and a video has been released. Telling people that if they want to find the doctor to come to this particular hotel address. And that is where our titular character Carter wakes up. Carter is unfortunately the man in the video holding the doctor hostage. (laughs) Uh, He also has had recent brain surgery with a big plus sign shaped scar on the, the base of his skull. And he doesn't remember a damn thing about who he is or how he got there. Don't worry, he does remember how to fight. Oh, no, I'm not worrying. This is a perfect action movie setup. I don't know who I am, but I'm going to kick ass until I find out. (laughs) So he wakes up to a couple of unnerving things. The first thing is a whole bunch of CIA agents in his apartment room or in his uh, hotel room pointing guns at his face. That would be unnerving for you and me, Fry, but this is an action movie protagonist. Well, if you wake up with no memories, you don't yet know you're an action movie protagonist. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe it's instinctual. And he also wakes up with a voice in his head telling him to do things. Oh, kick ass. Telling him to do these things if he wants to live and so on. Fight if you want to live. (laughs) We're about two minutes into the movie and the first fight scene kicks off. Mm -hmm. You can see where this is going. We're trying to get the doctor and the daughter up there. Good. Good. We're done with the plot. So so he wakes up. All these guards are in there and they're like, hey, we... We're definitely going to take you to, to jail or something, but we really want to find this doctor that you've kidnapped. Go, go ahead and show us around the place and open your safe and all that. They open, the, they open, open up one of the, the closets, 
He's got a phone we're gonna, in there. We're going to do our investigation while you're still in the room. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> they're in the a guys hurry. that didn't get hired for the police procedural. <laughs> they're in a big hurry. There's no time to get yes. get him out of there before doing their investigation. Right. They they open the closet. And uh, honestly, I just really enjoyed this opening moment. They, <laughs> there's a ringing phone in his, his coat jacket that's hanging in there. Mm-hmm. So they demand he answers it. The person on the phone says... Hey, your name is Carter. I want you to hand the phone to the person standing behind you. He does so. Uh, the person gets on the phone and says hello. And the phone promptly explodes, blowing yes. her head off. Yes. And then the fight scene begins. Kablooey. This fight scene <laughs> begins with him in a room with six or seven heavily armed CIA agents. Right. Who he very quickly dispatches. Yeah, natural. And he dives out of a window to get... You know, according to the voice in his head, to get to the next building, and he winds up because these buildings are next to each other. Oh, in... he just dove right through two like. Is Windows. this a, is this a, a tall yeah. building? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so like skyscraper glass. Well, I mean, it's yeah, yes, yes, but gla- yes, remember, glass sense. doesn't matter. All glass no, is the same consistency no. in this universe. Oh no! All that was to say, this guy rules. Yeah. <laughs> so he he jumps from one building to another, and he lands in. A Yakuza bathhouse. Perfect. Where they are in the middle of, and somewhat annoyed at the interruption of, their process of beating some people to death and then drowning them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely I, what they yeah, do. I, I mean, I guess it's for a reason, who knows. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's not And so, problem. you know, Carter's still getting used to what's going on. He's talking to the voice in, in his head saying like, hey, where am I supposed to go next? What the fuck is going on? The Yakuza... <laughs> Do not hear this voice in his head and right. assume he's a crazy person who's just fucked up their murder bathhouse day. I mean, arguably, <laughs> he is a crazy person. And there's a brief moment where one of the people hanging who's about to be drowned in there is like, yeah, you're from the CIA because of one of the things he said. You're from the CIA. You've come to save me. Thank you. And he's like, no, no, that's that's not what I do. No, it's, it's not me. It's not that part of the movie. (laughs) And then after saying he's not here to do that, the Mm -hmm. Yakuza attack him anyway. Yeah, perfect. And a fight scene between him and 100 clothes just for a bathhouse uh, Yakuza begins. Okay, so this is more of like a melee fight, right? They don't have as many guns? There are some guns, but not many. Yeah, yeah. Some people, of course, bring their guns with them to the bathhouse. There's one zombie. There is one zombie as well. How good is the fight choreography in this movie? I so thought it was pretty good. The fight choreography is wild. I don't yeah. know if Fry's going to mention the camera work or if that was meant to be a secret. No, I was I was going to say this whole movie is done, not no cuts, but no visible cuts following the this main character oh, on wow. him or people nearby him the entire time. From Please don't be impressed by that. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> We're not talking like the Children of Men long uncut scene. There are a lot of places where you can tell they did the cut. This isn't, oh. this isn't 1917. This is... <laughs> for being a cutless movie, the cuts are yeah. very visible. Well, no, it, it I just does, mean it's they don't usually do that for action movies, so it's kind of cool. You know. It does also have the, the shaky cam slash body cam aspect of like a hardcore Henry. And it kind of feels like a hardcore Henry sort yeah. of movie. Just following him around in the middle of the action all the time. Some very wild camera angles occur to, to keep everything going through all this. <laughs> well, you had my interest. Now you have my attention. <laughs> 
So he gets out of the bathhouse after killing about a hundred Yakuza. Awesome. And shortly thereafter, he, he has another fight. Oh, wait, I do actually have like a legit question. Yeah, sure. Is the voice in his head telling him how to fight, or does he just know that? He just, knows. he just knows how to fight. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Either way, it would have been fine. I was just curious. Yeah. So we have a couple of different, you know, he doesn't remember anything. And we have a couple yeah. of different organizations who are trying to convince him that, no, you're on our side. You shouldn't be fighting us. We're working together. <laughs> uh, one of those is the He's... South Korean uh, intelligence services who say, hey, we're trying to get you to North Korea to do this. One of them is the CIA, who mm. presumably have some reason for wanting him. I, to be honest, the CIA's involvement always seemed odd to me. Well, and you know, it, Americans, they're always meddling in other countries' I mean, affairs. I'm sure the CIA would be involved, sure. I, they're probably involved in a lot of things. Even this podcast. No, there's... The, no. You don't know all the pressure Russ gets from the CIA to edit the show. <laughs> Russ is Canadian. Now he is. Why do you think he had to flee? It's just the Mounties. Someday, <laughs> Fry, the same. someday Fry, I'm going to tell you the story about how the CIA, CIA tried and failed to kill uh, 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 Castro many, many, many times. Well, they also tried and failed to kill Carter many, 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 many times. Oh, good. Then it's true to life. Now, yes. now, now did they try to kill Castro or was that a false flag? No, for, no, Russ, no. Okay, Fry, go. <laughs> before, <laughs> so, quick, before Russ launches into yeah. conspiracy theories. So we've had the bathhouse fight. Yes. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the motorcycle fight. Kick ass. Which, yes. which one, Fry? Well, the, oh, the, even the, better. there's a couple of them. The first motorcycle fight involves him on a motorcycle as well as the other agents on a motorcycle. Yes. I apologize. The motorcycle, the two motorcycle fights are somewhat similar, so I may get some details from one to the other. <laughs> one has pigs. Uh, Yes, at one point he is trying to escape from his, his would-be attackers, mm-hmm. and he drives his motorcycle up to and then leaps onto a flatbed truck carrying a whole bunch of uh, pigs. Perfect. And he hides behind those pigs while a thousand bullets are shot into the back of that, that truck. Well, I, I got I, I got to say this. You ever see those scenes in movies where somebody pulls a person in front of them to take a bullet and like it's yeah. cool in an action movie? But oh, he like, does that, that too, work. several times. But the middle of the pigs, that might actually work. Pigs are very dense. And they're weaponized too in this movie. Yeah, he does also push them off to knock people off their motorcycles. Or to <laughs> flip cars if needed. Pigs can flip yeah, cars he, in this universe. He uses every part of the pig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like the Russ, First Nations. Russ, if you were driving along a highway and a pig hit your car, I think you would be surprised if you had a car. I would think you'd be surprised how much damage it did. Well, in this one, it does all the damage. Yes. Yes, so much damage to the car. I think we also flip a car by causing it to run over the head of one of the people he kicked off from Sweet. trying to get on the truck. I, See, now that's just efficient, like, like action movie killer. Yeah. I was very unclear as to whether or not he was meant to have superpowers or not. There's an extended <laughs> sequence. So be, because this is all one cut, right? The, yeah. like, like, the, there's no scenes as such. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, of course there's not. It's, like, it's just excuses to blow things up. Yes, yeah, of course. There's a bit where 
He's fighting a guy on an airplane. The guy detonates a grenade. It blows the side of the airplane out. He's presumed dead. <laughs> there's a bit. There's a gaping hole in the side of the plane. Then yeah. that character moves into another room, has very long discussions with like three other characters. Then something <laughs> bad happens and zombies attack, and they all go running back through the plane. And then we're shown the hole, and he's still clinging to the outside of the plane. <laughs> he's been there for seven minutes at this point. This movie also awesome. Like one of our other recent films features someone diving out of a plane to steal someone else's parachute. Yes. <laughs> but this time the difficulty level is so much higher because also they have a mid-air gunfight. Oh, that's so much better. That would have improved what was that fake James Bond? Gray Man. That yeah. would have improved Gray Man a great deal. And and also not only is he trying to survive the gunfight and acquire a parachute before he meets mm-hmm. the ground. He also has to ca- has to catch a child and get the child safely onto the ground. See, this guy's way better. So, much awesome. higher difficulty than anything the Gray Man had to do. Yeah, the child in the Gray Man was almost never in serious mortal danger, whereas the child in this movie is constantly in serious mortal danger. I have to be perfectly honest; I don't remember there being a child in Gray Man. That's fine. Okay, I'm not going to make you rewatch it to catch that. There's a oh you. You, you it, certainly are not, sir. I'm going to win this time. <laughs> I mean, it's something like a, a a major part of the the last act is how they find where the where he is. Is because the child has a pacemaker. Oh, We're not that was any of that. yeah. I remember that was boring. She didn't like kill anyone in the movie. It was boring. <laughs> so the the plane that now has this hole in it and zombies and that he is dove out of of, of course crashes. He catches the child, gets down on the ground safely. <laughs> And falling from parachute height don't worry i'll catch you yep. <laughs> yeah it's, it's fine that mid-air fight was so cool though i love that gun yeah. fight in mid-air they're like you know 10 meters apart from each other falling down neither of them hit anything but yeah. it's just wild it's yeah it's, like, i guess it would be pretty hard to shoot it's and really fucking hard to aim a gun with one hand without training and it, it's really really hard to do it when you're falling from a plane do you Plummeting think is the word do you think there are any skydiving companies that would work with me on my new idea of skydive paintball? Yes. That sounds like a bad idea. Sounds like a great Define idea, bad. and I'm sure there's someone. I think the insurance premiums would be rough. We're going to start well, with Mexico where there isn't country. insurance. Yeah, absolutely. We are not doing this in the U.S. Are you kidding me? We'll all go to jail. There's no plot to this movie. It's it, no, I know. It, it's an excuse to go from place to place and then have another action sequence. And so it's like, yeah, now he's in North Korea and now he's got to take the little girl back to the doctor and this the and like okay. oh there, there's a bit on the airplane we forgot about this where this little girl's blood is so immune to the zombie oh, infection, yes. which is uh-huh. you know why she's important. That like the the crazy doctor like cuts her arm and smears her blood all over his face and it kills the zombies <laughs> yeah that's how antibodies work uh science is amazing i love you can't it. This make movie, it up it's wild uh, so okay so then then the only real other question i have then does it maintain good fight like good interesting slash funny fights throughout the movie that's a damn good question i would, I would definitely say yes i i think those fights hold up all the way through Okay. Uh, there's another moment in a fight I just want to mention just because I'd never seen this happen before. And, yeah. And it was just great to watch it happen. 
there's a car it's one of the motorcycle fights i can't recall which one now <laughs> and there's a car chasing him the passenger in the car unbuckles his seatbelt after having already kicked out out the windshield because of previous damage sweet they hit something he is launched from the car <laughs> Does a perfect roll upon landing, gets up on his feet in one smooth motion and points a gun at at Carter and (laughs) finally is able to stop him for a little bit. That's awesome. And I had never seen someone turn a car accident into like an action movie entrance quite like that before. It always amazes me how no one ever gets stuck on the steering wheel and all their limbs fly off when that happens. Nope. Perfectly fine. No scratches whatsoever. Oh, there's another part that... Just while we're on the car scene, I can't, the chase scene, I can't stop talking about this one. Slight gore warning for what I'm about to describe here. (laughs) Oh, Uh, yeah. This bit. One of his assailants he manages to catch while he's hanging off like the side of a car. And in order to dispatch this one, he just holds his head down until his whole whole face in front of his head has been ground to nothing. And then lets the body (laughs) go behind him. He smears his face across a mile of pavement. That's Absolutely. classic. So, Fry, I know you're anti-seatbelt, so I just want to, I have to put this in for balance. Uh, do you know what the two of the largest causes of death before seatbelts were required was? Uh, that's decapitation by windshield and crushed sternum by steering column. Well, so, this was a passenger, so no steering column, and they'd already kicked out the windshield. And so at that they point, were in a it's van perfectly too. safe. No seatbelts in the back of a van. I'm never going to win this fight, am I? <laughs> Seatbelts should not be made. That whole sequence, the the one that Fry just talked about, is bizarre because they fight across three vans, and yes, like they're jumping in between three vans to kill each other. And the <laughs> dumb part is that if any one of those vans hit the brakes, the plot resolves immediately. So right, it's like, exactly. it's, it's like <laughs> this controlling person has a little girl. They drive away. Now he's it, it's no character behaves like people. It's wonderful. Yeah, oh, of course. They all everyone in the movie is in service of the fight scenes, not in service of their supposed plot goals. Well, OK, fantastic. Uh, Russ, <laughs> what would you like to say about this? Well, I'm going to uh, take the path less traveled on this one and talk about action fatigue. Now, the question is, is it possible to have too much action? Our friend Ryan Gosling was promoting, uh, uh, hey, James, watch this alumni, The Gray Man, and made the bold claim that while an average action movie has four or five big action sequences, The Gray Man had nine. Ooh. Well, Carter has 120 because that's how many minutes long the movie is. Hell yeah. The body count in this movie is greater than the number of lines spoken. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. Now, the action is all CG enhanced. And so, well, no, not all of it, but but quite a lot of it is CG enhanced. And so it looks a little bit strange because you will shift from real person movement to Skyrim movement in like right. a couple of frames. But, and of course, there are no characters in this movie. There are no, only no, NPCs. No. And you don't care about anyone and no one has any sort of arc. Not even yeah, Carter. Like, like Carter has barely an arc in that he wakes up and then is conscious for the rest of the movie. No, no, his arc is his body count. Yes. <laughs> now, I would argue that the last time we were united as one people for a big action movie experience was probably the one-two punch of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. 
And I don't really consider those like action. action. No, no, no. But it's but it's it's like the, the the end bit where they you know charge across oh, the field yes. at each other, and you know, Captain America picks up the hammer and all such like as that. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we cheered in those theaters because we cared about everyone. You know, Spider Man says, "Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good," and oh my God, everyone felt that. And there was watch them. Yeah, there wasn't a dusting that we proper fans didn't feel right in the chest because, you know, we knew all those people. And, of course, in a movie like Carter, you can overcome that if the viewer just cares about the protagonist. And, like, in Old Boy, when Oday Sue fights 75 guys with a hammer in a hallway, you root for him because you know his backstory and who he is and where he's going. Right. But the action here can almost look like background noise. It's like the same reason that to relax, I'll put on like Russian dash cam videos on YouTube. Right. You don't know who Carter is, nor do you even care. And by the end of the movie, he has like four possible backstories. And also (laughs) none of them could be true. Yeah. And so, of course, none of these are people. They're just bodies being tossed around by an equally faceless garbage grinder who's just wearing a jumpsuit. And that's his one distinguishing characteristic. Also, where do they keep getting these henchmen from? (laughs) <laughs> like imagine imagine it's our world and a seal yeah. team gets sent into a building and inside the building is the tasmanian devil but he's made of nunchucks and ice picks and <laughs> slaughters everyone within seconds and then rather than retreating and reassessing they just send in more seal teams <laughs> yeah. until every single seal team member is in there and has been killed <laughs> and but of course Everything I'm saying as a criticism is the point of it. Like, exactly. and, uh, and for a while, for about the first third, I was like, is this just a really badly done action movie? And then the last shot in the movie seals it for me. I went, nope, all of that was intentional. They knew what they were doing the entire time. The last shot is, I defy you not to howl with laughter at the last four seconds of this movie. Um, I fuck. I missed the first five minutes of the credits because I was <laughs> laughing so hard. This is this is approaching the room of action movies because <laughs> no one phoned anything in. Everyone wanted to make a good action movie. It ticks every box. It hits every trope. I cannot emphasize this enough. Every action movie trope is hit here. Anything that Carter touches is destroyed. If he gets in a car, it will be blown up. If he's on a plane, it's going down. At one point, he has to deal with a fucking rope bridge. Like, Do you think that rope bridge survives him crossing it? It sure does. Not even a little. And bit. not only that, he doesn't. You think he's going to do the Indiana Jones thing where he just like cuts it down? No, he blows it up. <laughs> it has zombies. It has the worst dialogue imaginable. And some yeah. scenes, uh, my hand to God, I cannot find any proof of this, but I swear some of the scenes were rendered in Gary's mod. And, <laughs> That being said, I wouldn't change a thing about it. I think this movie is very much needed. It's almost not unnecessary because it's needed, if for nothing else is a cautionary tale. Like, it may be possible to have too much action. And incidentally, I think it's funny when people call Tarantino movies action movies because, like, they're 80% dialogue. Anyway. Yeah, Yeah. the dialogue is just really good. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, obviously I take your challenge. Is it too much action? I bet it isn't, and I'm going to prove it by watching it. So suck on that. 
I'm going to take uh, a moment here just to, to point out one more scene in the movie I just enjoyed yeah. so much. Because that's the kind of movie this is. That's the kind of movie I like. Yes, please. So, so you would think, maybe you would think, that after parachuting out of a plane that has unexpectedly exploded... Because of the things that you did to it. <laughs> that he might have a moment's peace since surely <laughs> none of these people know where he is. But no, he lands in a field... And as soon as he gets to a road, a phalanx of 20 cars is coming after him. In the middle of nowhere. There are no buildings around for miles. There's no obvious place these cars came from. And a whole platoon is on their way. Oh, one of his teeth right is also a bomb. Yes. yes. There, he does have a bomb tooth. Uh, it is used well. Boys, I think I'm going to like this one. <laughs> Good. Good. I think you will, too. And I, I, oh I definitely God. want to hear if you agree about the last four seconds of the movie. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad you didn't spoil it. I'm now eager to see it. But unfortunately, now I've decided we must move on to the wheel so we don't forget this time. <laughs> All right. Let us pull up. The wheel. Pull up the, the, the site that you genres. go to. Yeah, wheelofdestiny.virus, the one you go to, Fry. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yep, that's definitely not my site that I set up to put spyware on your computer. I only use this computer for this. Yeah, it was pretty boring. I got to be honest, looking through your webcam. And, and you get the recordings from this. so you're, I, you're And I spent like eight hours watching it. And there was not, literally nothing. I mean, one time I saw a little fly, you know, fly by. Yeah, really sorry about that. Anyway, let us spin the spin wheel. Spin the wheel! Oh, oh romance! Close. We almost got a musical. No, no, no okay, romance. romance. Yeah, romance. Yeah, we, we haven't done that in a minute. I, yeah, I challenge you to find a good romance. Yeah. Well, or at least one that's unnecessary and good for the podcast. <laughs> All right. Do you gentlemen have anything to recommend to the listeners? I'm going to take a moment here to talk about how great the new Sandman is. I'm oh still yeah, I loved it. it. Just fantastic. I really liked it too, Russ. And I haven't read the comics, so whatever mm. it is that's missing, I'm glad I didn't read them because it would have probably ruined it. So man, no, I, and I don't think it ruined anything. I just. It's it's the fanboy thing. It's it's yeah, being like yeah. it's not both the It's like shut up. See you. that kids never read. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what's next on the recommendation list? No, I have a recommendation. Yeah, I guess there no, we I go. I can't remember if we've already talked about this, but uh, if you want to, if you want a chill video game, uh, Stray is yeah. lovely. Yeah, I too am playing yes. or played Stray, and yes, uh, I very much enjoyed it. I am not what you call a cat person, but I really enjoyed knocking things off of shelves <laughs> and doing other cat <laughs> stuff. So, it's weird how uh, much yeah. time you end up just doing cat things. Oh, it's well, it's well. Sometimes they're they're it's critical path stuff, and sometimes it's just like I'm going to scratch this door. <laughs> I, I believe this game has adequately captured the mind of a cat. Then. I mean, it, it turned me into I'm a cat to, for about four hours. <laughs> I'm going to cause problems on purpose. Well, I mean, you know, they're not, yeah, they're just doing cat stuff. Uh, yeah, so highly recommend Stray. Uh, even if you're not a cat person, you're going to love the, the cat stuff. It's great. It's fun to be a cat. It's not always fun to be on the receiving end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if no one has anything else, thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James Watch This. Have a great day, and don't drink. Thank you.